Well, I'm sure we all saw the flashing lights. I don't know any more than anybody else what's going on, but let's just pause for a moment, if you would, and let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Father, as we have heard already tonight that you are the one who gives us life, that you create our lives, that you have redeemed our lives, and you sustain our lives. We pray your blessing upon our brother or sister, you know, who is in need of your care. We thank you for the first responders who have been here tonight and all who have come to the aid. Lord, grant peace and healing and strength in this situation, as we know that you do in all situations. And give that here to us as well, Lord. May we be ever mindful of what our lives are truly about. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, I couldn't plan this. Because I got to tell you, the words on the screen right there have been with me all week. And then, like, all I know, again, I saw flashing lights. And it just reminds us of why we're here tonight. These words that were in that very opening prayer as we were all lighting our candles. What good would life have been to us had Christ not come as our Redeemer? In Him, all things are secure. What good would life have been? Let me tell you what life would be. It would be slavery. And hopefully you were able to pick up on that theme throughout the first part of our night together. We heard how God freed his people Israel from the Old Testament story of how 400 years the Egyptians had brutally oppressed the Israelites, but God set them free. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be those Israelites standing on the other side of the Red Sea and looking backwards into that water and seeing those brutal oppressors, those people who had made your life miserable every day, they had controlled you, and now they're dead. And you're free. Can you imagine? Can we even imagine what it means to be a slave? Statistics say, though, that today... 20 to 30 million people are victims of human trafficking in our world. And of those, 4 to 5 million for sexual exploitation. And this is why this Lenten season, our congregation, if you're visiting with us, we have been doing a project and supporting a home called Nueva Esperanza. It's in Dominican Republic, and it is a home for young girls that rescues them from human trafficking. And i got to tell you what, I am so proud to be a part of this family called Trinity. We more than doubled our original goal of $4,000 that's going to be sent to help support this home and to rescue these girls. And we're still counting. So praise God for that. Yeah. Okay. But still, it's hard to imagine being a slave. All of us here tonight, slaves? Really? Well, you know what slavery is? Slavery is whatever controls your life. So what controls you? Who controls you? Well, death controls us. Because we can't control death. 
And you see, that begins to mess with you, right? Plays with your mind a little bit. We try desperately to be in control. What we all want to do is to make a life for ourselves. We want to make a good life for ourselves. And so what we do is we go around trying to squeeze every last little drop that we can out of life. We're trying to construct our own happiness. But at the same time, we sort of wrap ourselves in bubble wrap, you know, so that nothing bad happens to us. And while we all would say, well, of course, life never turns out perfectly, isn't it funny we go after it like it can? Like we could actually make perfect lives for ourselves? And we teach our children to do the same thing if you work hard enough. Self-preservation. Self-promotion. I become obsessed with myself. And the funny thing is, is that as I try to make a life for myself, I actually become enslaved to myself. Remember this guy? If you know Greek mythology, this is Narcissus. So consumed with himself and with his own beauty, Nemesis leads him to a pool of water where he doesn't realize it's his own reflection, but he falls in love with his own self, with his own beauty, and he gets stuck there forever. If you would look closely with me at this painting of Caravaggio, I know it's a a bit dark, but if you would notice that Narcissus is locked in to a circle with himself in the reflection in the water. And all around him is darkness. If you think about it, there's the first selfie, right? Yeah. And we're the selfie generation. Hmm. Maybe a generation of narcissists. But see, hopefully at some point in our lives, we begin to go, no, well, that's not right. No, no, no. Something's missing. And we don't like to be like that. We don't like who we've become. And we realize then, I need something more. I, I need Jesus. And so we set out now to make a life for ourselves, but now with Jesus. And at first, that sounds good. It sounds like the right thing. And in fact, it's definitely an improvement. But we're still actually locked into ourselves. Oh, I'm trying to build a life for myself. Yes, but just with Jesus now. Now, what what I'm going to do is I'm going to use him to create the life that I always wanted. See, he can give me all the things that are missing in my life. And he can help me avoid all the bad things in life. Oh, yes, Jesus is a priority. One of many. Which means he's not the priority. Oh, he's very useful when I need him. But the rest of the time, I shove him aside because I'm busy trying to make my life or busy trying to make my kids' lives. My friends, a Christian narcissist is still a narcissist. Locked into the self, a circle of the self, still in slavery. What good would life have been to us had Christ not come as our Redeemer? 
Christ fully redeems us. Christ sets us free. Not when you try to make a life for yourself with Jesus, but when you finally let Jesus make your life. And this is the night that does that. This is the night. You see, Jesus has been on the other side. He's been on the other side of death. He went into death. He went into the tomb. But he's risen. And he's come back out. And now what he wants to do tonight is take us through with him. Just like those Israelites went through the Red Sea. Tonight we go through the water with Jesus. We will literally watch one of us tonight go into the water. And he will come out on the other side. All of us tonight though. And especially those of you who are being confirmed tonight. All of us are renewed in the power of that water. In the power of baptism. Here, Jesus takes us through to the other side of the water. And he sets us free. He frees us from death. Pastor Rep read these words from Romans 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We will be raised to live with him forever. He makes our lives This then frees us from this slavery to ourselves of always trying to be in control, of trying to make a life for ourselves. That selfie self, the narcissist in each of us has got to die. Die in those waters. And that's why Paul says this, we know that our old self, that selfie self, was crucified with him. In order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Enslaved to ourselves. Look again with me at this picture of Narcissus. And I want you again to look at his arms. Locked in on himself. What good is a life enclosed in on yourself? It's a life surrounded by darkness. And now look with me at the arms of Jesus. Do you see the difference? His arms are open to us. His arms say, I am a gift to you. His arms encircle us all in his love. So here's the question. Will you let Jesus tonight take you from this being narcissist and let him make you into this like himself? Arms open. Open to him and open to each other. She did. She was born to a prosperous village chief. And so as a little girl, her life was happy and carefree until she was kidnapped at age seven. She was so young and and the, the experience was so traumatic, she actually forgot the name that her parents gave her and never remembered it again. 
So the slave traders gave her a name, Bakita, which means fortunate. How ironic, because nothing could be further from the truth. She was forced to walk over 600 miles across Sudan barefoot. For over 10 years, she was sold and resold. She was, she was brutalized and beaten and starved. One of her masters was so cruel that while, while beating her, this master also was cutting her skin and then rubbing salt into the wound so that she would permanently scar. She could count 114 scars on her body. I felt I was going to die any moment, especially when they rubbed me with the salt. If there was ever a reason to be hopeless and to despair, to be bitter towards life, to be bitter towards humanity, (laughs) this was it. Eventually, though, she was sold to a kinder master who took her to Italy And while that master went away on a trip, she was put into a convent of nuns for safekeeping. And there, she began to learn about Jesus. She would later reflect that as a child, she said, I had experienced him in my heart without knowing who he was. Seeing the sun, the moon, the stars, I said to myself, who could be the master of these beautiful things? And I felt a great desire to see him, to know him, and to pay him homage. When her master returned from the trip, the sisters took her case to the court. And because slavery was actually illegal in Italy, she was freed. And she was then baptized with the name Josephine Margaret Fortunata, the fortunate one. And from then on, she was often seen kissing the baptismal font and saying, Here, I became a daughter of God. Her life later brought much painful sickness, many years of it. But when people would come to her and ask her how she was doing, she would smile and she would say, As the Master desires. The Master? After having so many horrific and terrible masters that she could look to God and call him master and trust him even in her suffering? But to me, the most amazing thing was that she once said this, if I were to meet the slave traders who kidnapped me and even those who tortured me, I would kneel and kiss their hands For if that did not happen, I would not be a Christian. (laughs) Oh my. I want to be like her. I want to be that free. A woman who could not make her own life, but had her life made by the Master, Jesus. St. Josephine Bakita, the fortunate one, She was once a slave, was then set free forever in Jesus. And as we are now about to enter into the liturgy of holy baptism, we will ask all of the saints that Jesus has made, including Josephine Vikita, to pray with us that we may be made free. What good would life have been 
had Christ not come as our Redeemer. Did you know that, Jesus, that God says this too? That he says, what good would life have been? What good have, would my creation have been? What good would it have been for you to be born if I had not redeemed you? That Jesus would rather die than live without you. And then that opening prayer goes on to another sweet line. Father, how wonderful your care for us. How boundless your merciful love. To ransom a slave, you gave away your son. To ransom us, slaves to sin, slaves to ourselves. God's son became a slave so that a bunch of slaves could become God's sons and daughters. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I want to invite forward Dale Billet as we now begin the liturgy of holy baptism.